thou my lips, and my mouth shall show forth thy praise. Make haste, O God, to deliver me. Make haste to help me, O Lord. Glory be to the Father, and to the Son, and to the Holy Spirit, as it was in the beginning, is now, and ever shall be, world without end. Amen. Alleluia. The Lord is risen indeed. Alleluia. O come, let us worship him. O come, let us sing unto the Lord. Let us make a joyful noise to the rock of our salvation. Let us come before his presence with thanksgiving, and make a joyful noise unto him with psalms. For the Lord is a great God, and a great King above all gods. In his hand are the deep places of the earth, the strength of the hills is his also. It is his, and he made it, and his hands formed the dry land. Oh, come, let us worship and bow down. Let us kneel before the Lord our Maker. For he is our God, and we are the people of his pasture and the sheep of his hand. Glory be to the Father and to the Son and to the Holy Ghost. As it was in the beginning, is now and ever shall be, world without end. Amen. The Lord is risen indeed. Alleluia. O come, let us worship him. As newborn babes, Alleluia. Desire the sincere milk of the word. Alleluia. Sing aloud unto God our strength. Make a joyful noise unto the God of Jacob. Thou callest in trouble, and I delivered thee. I answered thee in the secret place of thunder. I am the Lord thy God, which brought thee out of the land of Egypt. Open thy mouth wide, and I will fill it. And with honey out of the rock should I have satisfied thee. Glory be to the Father, and to the Son, and to the Holy Ghost, as it was in the beginning, is now, and ever shall be, world without end. Amen. As newborn babes, Alleluia, desire the sincere milk of the Word. Alleluia. The Old Testament lesson for this second Sunday of Easter is written in the 37th chapter of the book of the prophet Ezekiel, beginning at the first verse. The Lord's hand was on me, and he brought me out in the Lord's spirit, and set me down in the middle of the valley, and it was full of bones. He caused me to pass by them all around, and behold, there were very many in the open valley, and behold, they were very dry. He said to me, Son of man, can these bones live? I answered, Lord God, you know. Again he answered me, Prophesy over these bones and tell them, You dry bones, hear the Lord's word. The Lord God says to these bones, Behold, I will cause breath to enter into you, and you will live. I will lay sinews on you, and will bring up flesh on you, and cover you with skin, and put breath in you, and you will live. Then you will know that I am the Lord. So I prophesied, as I was commanded. As I prophesied, there was a noise, and behold, there was an earthquake. Then the bones came together, bone to its bone. I saw, and behold, there were sinews on them, and flesh came up, and skin covered them above, but there was no breath in them. Then he said to me, Prophesy to the wind. Prophesy, son of man, and tell the wind, The Lord God says, Come from the four winds, breath, and breathe on these slain, that they may live. So I prophesied as he commanded me, and the breath came into them, and they lived, and stood up on their feet, an exceedingly great army. 
Then he said to me, Son of man, these bones are the whole house of Israel. Behold, they say, our bones are dried up and our hope is lost. We are completely cut off. Therefore prophesy and tell them, the Lord God says, Behold, I will open your graves and cause you to come up out of your graves, my people. And I will bring you into the land of Israel. You will know that I am the Lord when I have opened your graves and caused you to come up out of your graves, my people. I will put my spirit in you and you will live. Then I will place you in your own land and you will know that I, the Lord, have spoken it and performed it, says the Lord. O Lord, have mercy upon us. Thanks be to God. By the word of the Lord were the heavens made, and all the host of them by the breath of his mouth. Rejoice in the Lord, O ye righteous, for praise is comely for the upright. Praise the Lord with harp. Sing unto him with a psaltery and an instrument of ten strings. Sing unto him a new song. Play skillfully with a loud noise. For the word of the Lord is right, and all his works are done in truth. He loveth righteousness and judgment. The earth is full of the goodness of the Lord. By the word of the Lord were the heavens made, and all the host of them by the breath of his mouth. He gathered the waters of the sea together as an heap. He layeth up the depth in storehouses. Let all the earth fear the Lord. Let all the inhabitants of the world stand in awe of him. For he spake, and it was done. He commanded, and it stood fast. The Lord bringeth the counsel of the heathen to naught. He maketh the devices of the people of none effect. The counsel of the Lord standeth forever, the thoughts of his heart to all generations. Blessed is the nation whose God is the Lord, and the people whom he hath chosen for his own inheritance. The Lord looketh from heaven, he beholdeth all the sons of men. From the place of his habitation he looketh upon all the inhabitants of the earth. He fashioneth their hearts alike, he considereth all their works. There is no king saved by the multitude of an host. A mighty man is not delivered by such strength. An horse is a vain thing for safety, neither shall he deliver any by his strength. Behold, the eye of the Lord is upon them that fear him, upon them that hope in his mercy, to deliver their soul from death, and to keep them alive in famine. O soul, waiteth for the Lord. He is our help and our shield. For our heart shall rejoice in him, because we have trusted in his holy name. Let thy mercy, O Lord, be upon us, according as we hope in thee. Glory be to the Father, and to the Son, and to the Holy Ghost, as it was in the beginning, is now, and ever shall be, world without end. Amen. By the word of the Lord were the heavens made, and all the host of them by the breath of his mouth. The epistle is written in the fifth chapter of the first epistle of St. John, beginning at the fourth verse. Brothers, for whatever is born of God overcomes the world. This is the victory that has overcome the world, your faith. Who is he who overcomes the world, but he who believes that Jesus is the Son of God? This is he who came by water and blood, Jesus Christ, not with the water only, but with the water and the blood. It is the Spirit who testifies, because the Spirit is the truth. For these are three who testify, the Spirit, the water, and the blood, and the three agree as one. If we receive the witness of men, the witness of God is greater. For this is God's testimony, which he has testified concerning his Son. He who believes in the Son has the testimony in himself. He who doesn't believe God has made him a liar, because he has not believed in the testimony that God has given concerning his Son. O Lord, have mercy upon us. Thanks be to God.
Alleluia, Alleluia, Alleluia. Alleluia, Christ our Passover is sacrificed for us. Alleluia. The Holy Gospel is according to St. John, the 20th chapter. Glory be to thee, O Lord. When therefore it was evening on that day, the first day of the week, and when the doors were locked where the disciples were assembled, for fear of the Jews, Jesus came and stood in the middle, and said to them, Peace be to you. When he had said this, he showed them his hands and his side. The disciples therefore were glad when they saw the Lord. Jesus therefore said to them again, Peace be to you. As the Father has sent me, even so I send you. When he said this, he breathed on them and said to them, Receive the Holy Spirit. If you forgive anyone's sins, they have been forgiven them. If you retain anyone's sins, they have been retained. But Thomas, one of the twelve, called Didymus, wasn't with them when Jesus came. The other disciples therefore said to him, We have seen the Lord. But he said to them, Unless I see in his hands the print of the nails, put my finger into the print of the nails, and put my hand into his side, I will not believe. After eight days again his disciples were inside, and Thomas was with them. Jesus came, the doors being locked, and stood in the middle and said, Peace be to you. Then he said to Thomas, Reach here your finger and see my hands. Reach here your hand and put it in my side. Don't be unbelieving, but believing. Thomas answered him, My Lord and my God. Jesus said to him, Because you have seen me, you have believed. Blessed are those who have not seen and have believed. Therefore Jesus did many other signs in the presence of his disciples, which are not written in this book. But these are written that you may believe that Jesus is the Christ, the Son of God, and that, believing, you may have life in his name. Here ends the Gospel. Praise be to thee, O Christ. Christ, being raised from the dead, dieth no more. Death hath no more dominion over him. In that he liveth, he liveth unto God. Alleluia, alleluia. Christ was delivered for our offenses, and raised again for our justification. In that he liveth, he liveth unto God. Alleluia, alleluia. Glory be to the Father, and to the Son, and to the Holy Ghost. In that he liveth, he liveth unto God. Alleluia.
In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. My Lord and my God. We are eight days after Easter, and in our gospel, so are the disciples when Thomas is with them. The evangelists, the gospel writers, they love to stress this number eight. It's because in the scriptures, eight is the number of the new creation, sometimes called the recreation in Christ. And in our gospel, these words from Thomas show that Christ's death and resurrection make all things new, my Lord and my God. And indeed, Christ is making all things new throughout this entire gospel passage this morning. We see at the top of the text, it begins on Easter evening, on the eighth day of Holy Week. On that evening, in the upper room, were the ten disciples hiding from the world. And yes, Peter and John had ran to the tomb and seen it empty. Yes, all ten of the disciples, and possibly Thomas as well, heard from Mary Magdalene that she had seen the risen Lord. And yes, it says John and Peter believed, but didn't understand any of this. Yet it was not fear, love, and trust in God that shut these ten in that room. Rather, it was fear of the Jews which led them to gather in the upper room and lock the doors tight because their flesh, what, their flesh was unable to love or understand all the things that Christ had just done. And this, the ten huddled together, is an image of the old simple creation as they locked the doors in that upper room in terror. Their hearts locked as tight as those doors. What a familiar image that is to all of us. How often do we hide our faith for fear of the world, fear of its ridicule, vicious mockery, and hate? And so rather than live openly as a baptized child of God in Christ, we hide it. And I'm not saying that we live quietly in the reality of being baptized. God calls us to do that. No, what I'm saying is we actively hide it, suppress it out of fear. So when another Christian is persecuted, perhaps, loses their job or are victims of vile comments out in public, we'd rather shut our mouths, blame them for being so open about their faith, than we would to raise our voice and our hands to support and defend them. Or maybe it's our jobs that are coercing us to act or speak against our faith in some way or in some way against God's word. We'd rather hide our faith and out of fear rationalize that it's okay to be coerced. Rationalize that it's okay to act against our beliefs rather than losing our job. Because that's easier, isn't it? It's easier to compartmentalize our faith to just Sunday morning. To think we wear our Christian hats only when we go to church, when we're in this building. But then that we can also leave that hat at church and be something else besides Christian the rest of the week. We think we can keep our faith within these four walls and then be something else the moment we leave. What else is that? Then huddling together in fear every Sunday morning in the upper room of our church where our doors may not be locked, but our hearts, for fear of the world, certainly can be. That's not fear, love, and trust in God. That's the image of the old, sinful, fallen creation, like what we see in our gospel. Yet, did you see how Christ makes all things new by his death and resurrection? If Christ had stayed dead in the earth, well, then the disciples and we as well would possibly have reason to gather in fear. But Christ is risen. And risen, he makes all things new by his word, saying, peace be with you. And with that, by showing his glorious body to the disciples, the glorious marks in his hands and in his side, with those words and with his risen body and blood, See how the hearts of the ten were created anew. No, in our reading it says the disciples were glad when they saw this, but that's kind of weak. Better from the Greek is to say that they were full of joy. Their locked hearts of stone became open, beating hearts of flesh and blood. 
their fear was scattered by an all-encompassing joy. In that instant, they were created anew by Christ's word and his wounds. Still, the old sinful creation in us is stubborn. It's hostile. We sometimes, in our catechisms, call it the old Adam, that old sinful flesh. And the old Adam isn't shown anywhere better in this story than in St. Thomas. The other ten were so full of joy that the minute they were able to find Thomas, they tell him, we have seen the Lord. Now again, the English would lead you to believe here, the English translation would lead you to believe that they told Thomas maybe one time and that he gave this really heavy-handed rejection. But that's not really it. Rather, the ten do find Thomas that evening. They tell him right away what they had seen, but Thomas doesn't believe it. And so Monday comes, and they keep telling Thomas the same thing, but again, he doesn't believe it. They tell him again and again on Tuesday and Wednesday, and he won't believe it. And the same thing happens on Thursday, Friday, and Saturday. On and on and on the ten go about having seen the Lord until finally Thomas snaps. Enough is what he's telling them here. He's telling them throughout the week, listen, I'm not going to believe you. He's saying, I'm not going to believe you unless I see the marks in his hands because I must see to believe. Actually, you know what? No, no, no. Wait, I'm not going to believe you unless I actually see the marks in his hands and thrust my finger into those marks to make sure that what I'm seeing is actually real. You know what? No, wait, wait, wait. Even more than that, I'm not going to believe any of you unless I see the marks in his hands and thrust my fingers in those marks and thrust my hand in his side just so I can be 110% sure. That's what Thomas is saying. So the more that the ten shared their witness, you can see how Thomas continued to dig in his heels and kept moving the goalposts for what it would take for him to believe and then sank deeper into his unbelief. And here again, as we see Thomas, and Thomas is this image of the old fallen creation, the old sinful Adam. If the ten were using the single lock, were using just one lock on the doors in the upper room, here Thomas was using a triple lock and a deadbolt. He was taking the chair and putting it up under the doorknob to keep his heart locked. But that's what our sinful flesh does. It wants to keep the word locked out. And the greater the word works at entering the more our sinful flesh rages to keep it out. What could possibly break through the locks of Thomas's heart? What could possibly break into our raging sinful flesh? Nothing except for the Word incarnate himself. Look what Christ does after... The, I'm sorry, look what Christ does eight days after his resurrection. He comes to his disciples, including Thomas, in the midst of the locked room and the midst of Thomas's locked heart. He creates Thomas anew the same way he did with the ten, by his word, peace be with you, and then by the wounds of his flesh. He forces Thomas's hand into his wounds, saying, thrust your fingers here and see my hands. He takes Thomas's hand and thrusts it into his side, saying, See my side. Stop disbelieving, but be believing. The words that follow from Thomas's lips reveal a new creation made by Christ, a creation completely different shown to the ten disciples throughout the week, where Thomas says, My Lord and my God. On this eighth day, day of Easter. Christ has created you anew in the same way, except not by believing. No, we can't see Christ the same way the ten and Thomas saw him. We can't thrust our fingers into the wounds of his hands or our hand into the side of his body, nor are we able to see or know of the many signs that Christ did in the presence of the disciples, which neither John or any of the other evangelists recorded. Instead, 
we are created anew without seeing, but still believing. And for this, we are blessed. And how is that possible? Here's how. Our Lord here ordained the apostles, saying, Peace be with you, as the Father has sent me, even so I am sending you. If you forgive the sins of any, they are forgiven them. If you withhold forgiveness from any, it is withheld. So that now, through the apostles and all pastors sent out in this apostolic tradition, Christ himself works in the word and the sacraments. So now, just as our Lord in the old creation took from Adam's side to create his bride, so here our risen Lord takes on the cross from the water and blood of his side and creates his own bride, you, the church. When you were baptized, you were baptized with water and blood. And through that water and blood, you entered the temple of Christ's body by the open side. Where his scarred hands, pouring the water over you in baptism, have made you clean, forgiven, and a part of him. So now, just as our Lord in the old creation breathed the spirit of life into the nostrils of Adam to give him life, so here, in our gospel text, our risen Lord breathes the Holy Spirit into the nostrils of his disciples, into the nostrils of his church, his bride, to give the church life. In the waters of baptism, by the word, the last breath that Christ took on the cross, giving up his spirit, is the breath he breathed into you, giving you that same spirit of life, his life. So now, just as our Lord grabbed Thomas's hand to thrust it into the marks of his hands and into his side, so today our Lord will grab you by the hand and lead you up here to the altar and make you thrust out your hands to touch and receive and partake of his scarred body and his poured blood. So that when you receive the bread in your hand, what else can we do before we partake of it except confess with Thomas, my God and my Lord? Yes, indeed, if you've ever wondered what you should pray as you receive the body and blood at the rail, there is nothing greater than you can say than confess with Thomas, my God and my Lord, as I put that host in your hand. As Christ creates you anew in baptism, in absolution, in preaching, at the altar, he says in every step of the way, peace be with you. In baptism, you receive the peace of a new heart. In preaching, you receive the peace of your sins continually being forgiven. In the supper, you receive the peace which will be yours when your new body is risen in him. On that day when your baptism, finally completed, leads you to be recreated anew, completely, in heart and flesh, in our Lord. Alleluia, Christ is risen. Peace be with you. Amen. Now may the peace of God, which surpasses all understanding, keep your hearts and minds in Christ Jesus. Amen.
upon us. O Christ, have mercy upon us. O Lord, have mercy upon us. Our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done, on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread, and forgive us our trespasses, as we forgive those who trespass against us. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For thine is the kingdom and the power and the glory, forever and ever. Amen. Unto thee have I cried, O Lord, and in the morning shall my prayer prevent thee. Let thy mouth be filled with thy praise, and with thy honor all the day. O Lord, hide thy face from my sins, and blot out all mine iniquities. Create in me, O God, a clean heart, and renew a right spirit within me. Cast me not away from thy presence, and take not thy Holy Spirit from me. Restore unto me the joy of thy salvation, and uphold me with thy free spirit. Vouchsafe, O Lord, this day, to keep us without sin. O Lord, have mercy upon us, have mercy upon us. O Lord, let thy mercy be upon us, as our trust is in thee. Hear my prayer, O Lord and let my cry come unto thee. Grant, we beseech you, Almighty God, that we who have celebrated the solemnities of the Lord's resurrection may, by the help of your grace, bring forth the fruit thereof in our life and conversation. Through the same Jesus Christ, your Son, our Lord, who lives and reigns with you and the Holy Spirit, ever one God, world without end. Amen. Almighty and most merciful God, the Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, we give you thanks for all your goodness and tender mercies, especially for the gift of your dear Son and for the revelation of your will and grace. And we beseech you so to implant your word in us that, in good and honest hearts, we may keep it and bring forth the fruits of faith by patient continuance and well-doing. Most heartily we beseech you so to rule and govern your church Catholic with all her pastors and ministers, that we may be preserved in the pure doctrine of your saving word, whereby faith toward you may be strengthened, love and charity increased in us toward all mankind, and your kingdom extended. Send forth laborers into your harvest, and sustain those whom you have sent, that the word of reconciliation may be proclaimed to all people, and the gospel preached in all the world. Grant health and prosperity to all who are in authority, 
especially to Joseph, our President, the Congress of these United States, Kim, our Governor, the Legislature of this State, and to all our judges and magistrates, and endue them with grace to rule after your good pleasure, to the maintenance of righteousness, and to the hindrance and punishment of wickedness, that we may lead a quiet and peaceable life in all godliness and honesty. May it please you also to turn the hearts of our enemies and adversaries, that they may cease their enmity and hostilities, and be inclined to walk with us in meekness and in peace. All who are in trouble, want, sickness, anguish of labor, peril of death, or any other adversity, especially those who are in suffering for your name's sake, comfort, O God, with your Holy Spirit, that they may receive and acknowledge their afflictions as the manifestation of your fatherly will. Especially do we pray for those that we name in our hearts at this time. Although we have deserved your righteous wrath and manifold punishments, yet we entreat you, O most merciful Father, remember not the sins of our youth nor our many transgressions, but out of your unspeakable goodness, grace, and mercy, defend us from all harm and danger of body and soul. Preserve us from false and pernicious doctrine, from war and bloodshed, from plague and pestilence, from all calamity by fire and water, from hail and tempest, from failure of harvest and from famine, from anguish of heart and despair of your mercy, and from an evil death. And in every time of trouble, show yourself a very present help, the Savior of all men, and especially of them that believe. Cause all needed fruits of the earth to prosper, that we may enjoy them in due season. Give success to the Christian training of the young, to all lawful occupations on land, sea, and air, and to all pure arts and useful knowledge, and crown them with your blessing. Receive, O God, our bodies and souls and all our talents, together with the offerings we bring before you. For by his blood your Son has purchased us to be your own, that we may live under him in his kingdom. As we are strangers and pilgrims on earth, Help us by true faith and a godly life to prepare for the world to come, doing the work you have given us to do while it is day, before the night comes when no one can work. And when our last hour shall come, support us by your power and receive us into your everlasting kingdom. O Lord, our Heavenly Father, almighty and everlasting God, who has safely brought us to the beginning of this day, defend us in the same with thy mighty power, and grant that this day we fall into no sin, neither run into any kind of danger, but that all our doings, being ordered by thy governance, may be righteous in thy sight. Through Jesus Christ, thy Son, our Lord, who liveth and reigneth with thee and the Holy Ghost, ever one God, world without end. Amen. The Lord is risen from the grave. Alleluia! Who hung for us upon the tree. Alleluia! We give thanks unto thee, Heavenly Father, through Jesus Christ, thy dear Son, that thou hast protected us through the night from all danger and harm. And we beseech thee to preserve and keep us, this day also, from all sin and evil, and that in all our thoughts, words, and deeds we may serve and please thee. Into thy hands we commend our bodies and souls, and all that is ours. Let thy holy angel have charge concerning us, that the wicked one have no power over us. Amen. Hear my prayer, O Lord, and let my cry come unto thee. Bless we the Lord. Alleluia, alleluia. Thanks be to God. Alleluia, alleluia. The grace of our Lord Jesus Christ and the love of God and the communion of the Holy Spirit be with you all. Amen.